Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. Today on our podcast, I'm going to read from Unborn Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace, Emotional Healing After Abortion, Part 2, by Dr. Elizabeth Skidmore, psychologist who wrote the chapter, Emotional Healing After Abortion. Grief, unresolved grief or trauma. It is natural to feel a sense of loss and grief over ending a pregnancy and important to honestly and courageously face those feelings. For most women, natural healing will occur over time. However, certain groups of women are more likely to experience negative outcomes following abortion than others. Young age. A woman's age at the time of abortion influences how she is likely to respond. Younger women are more at risk for poor emotional outcomes. Previous history of depression or mental illness. Women who have struggled with depression or another type of mental illness in the past are known to have more difficulty adjusting to the loss. Feelings of coercion and attachment to the child. Anger, Resentment and a sense of loss of control are common when someone else imposed the decision on the woman, while those who felt connected to the child are likely to feel a keener sense of loss. Number of children the woman already has. The more children, the more difficult the adjustment. Gestational age of the baby at time of termination. The further along a woman is in her pregnancy, the harder it will be for her. This is particularly true for second and third trimester abortions. Physical complications from the abortion. Occasionally, the physical healing process is complicated or difficult. Some women are unable to conceive again afterwards, leading to a profound sense of loss and regret. Weakened coping skills. Women who have difficulty coping with stress or who cope in maladaptive ways, drug or alcohol abuse, cutting, withdrawing emotionally, often find a terminated pregnancy taxes their already weakened ability to deal with their situations. While severe psychological distress, post-abortion, is rare, higher rates of anxiety, depression, substance abuse, Traumatic symptoms, sleep disorders, and other negative outcomes are known to exist 
among post-abortion women than in the general population. How do you know if you are experiencing normal grief or if you need help? Grief is the experience of loss. It is normal to feel a sense of loss and grief following a terminated pregnancy. Don't expect to simply get up the next morning as though nothing emotional has happened. Take time to heal, feel, and express your feelings in safe and appropriate ways, such as those listed above. It's okay to feel down or a bit anxious afterward. Unresolved grief is grief that goes on for a longer period of time than would normally be expected given the circumstances. It is grief that doesn't seem to get better, possibly even interfering with a person's ability to take care of daily responsibilities. Sometimes referred to as complicated grief, it can quietly morph into depression or anxiety. There is no set period of time after which we determine someone has unresolved grief. However, if you are still having trouble emotionally after several months, it would be wise to reach out for help. Trauma can be defined as an emotional response to an event or experience that is deeply distressing or disturbing. Many people experience traumatic events through the course of their lives. But not all individuals develop post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. PTSD can be conceptualized as a problem in recovery. Something has blocked the individual's road to natural recovery from trauma. And his or her avoidance of the situation, stuffed feelings, pretending nothing happened, and staying away from things or people, that remind him or her of the traumatic event, keeps that individual stuck. Symptoms of post-traumatic stress fall into four categories. One, re-experiencing the event through flashbacks, nightmares, or unwanted thoughts or imaging. Two, avoidance of people or situations that remind you of the traumatic incident. Three, cognitive changes. Changes in how you think, which include an alteration in the way you view yourself, others, and the world. And four, physiological arousal, such as insomnia, irritability, difficulty concentrating, or feeling hyper alert. PTSD is a treatable illness that requires fully processing the traumatic event and becoming aware of how you are thinking about it. Healing comes when you understand how your thoughts about the event are impacting your emotions and ultimately your behaviors. When to seek help. In general, if you are feeling stuck and everything in life just feels hard, you may need help. If you are having difficulty functioning at school, home, or work, engaging in self-defeating behaviors or feeling suicidal, you definitely need to seek professional help. I often use the analogy of a quilt. At first, the stressful or traumatic event seems to dominate the entire quilt. We look at our lives and that is all we see. As we do the difficult work of healing, however, 
the trauma quilt square begins to shrink and take its place among the other quilt squares of our life experiences, and we can go on. Accessing professional services can be daunting for the young or those who lack finances for medical help or counseling. A good place to start might be your school psychologist, social worker, or family doctor who may be able to refer you to community resources such as teen health centers or walk-in mental health clinics affiliated with local hospitals. Some community mental health services provide free or reduced cost counseling based on family income. Psychologists, social workers, and psychotherapists in private practice may also offer reduced fees if you request assistance. Don't be afraid to ask. Have your doctor recommend a professional who is knowledgeable about post-abortion adjustment. My story. One day, my neighbor confided in me that she was unexpectedly pregnant with her fourth child. Distraught, she lamented that she was already overwhelmed by her full-time work schedule, a husband with a stressful job, and their three other children, one of whom was still a toddler. I flashed back to when my own children were very young and I had a pregnancy scare, a late period, and rising panic as to how I could manage a third child, which prompted a call to my doctor. Fortunately, my period started the next day. My friend's situation turned out differently, but I could relate to her sense of fear, loss of control, and helplessness. She had strong religious beliefs about life and contraception and was totally stumped as to where to turn or what to do. Her estranged extended family was unsupportive and critical, and she believed they would chastise her for carelessly getting pregnant again. They would be no help in caring for the baby or helping with expenses. She was clear that she would not consider adoption. She wouldn't carry a baby to term, deliver, and turn the child out of the family. Her husband left the decision up to her. She wanted to know about the availability of a safe legal abortion. And I shared with her what I knew. It was very early in her pregnancy and she grappled with her options, hating them all. Ultimately, she chose to terminate the pregnancy and her life seemingly went on as before. The next year they moved away. And when I saw her again, she had given birth to another baby, a beautiful boy with soft brown curls who was showing signs of mild developmental delay. As we sat over coffee, she wondered aloud if the child's disabilities were a punishment for her previous abortion. Did her son have to bear this burden because of her? Were she and her husband being punished? They loved and, and accepted him completely, but it caused her to speculate about the unborn child. Would it too have had disabilities or would it have been normal, maybe even perfect? I pondered my own role in the loss of her pregnancy. I felt like Saul in the Bible, an approving bystander, Stephen stoning, holding the cloaks of those who cast the stones that killed him. What would I have done 
all those years ago if my period hadn't started and I had been pregnant. The invitation to write this chapter reopened memories, and I grappled with my own truth. It is easy to look in from the outside and smugly think you have all the answers. In fact, that is why many young women who are churchgoers quietly choose abortion rather than embracing a pregnancy that might bring them scorn and judgment or, at the very least, make them an easy target for church gossip. Recently, I watched a video depiction of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery, as told in John 8, 2 to 11. As I watched, I was struck by Jesus' firm stance of love toward the woman and complete lack of judgment. The greedy crowd was itching to stone her, and the religious leaders were confident they would trap Jesus in a contradiction of their law. Jesus took his time in responding, and ultimately all her accusers slunk away. Only she was left to face the Lord. And when she told him no one else condemned her, he assured her that he did not condemn her either. He then told her to go and to sin no more. We are told in Romans 8.1 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross has freed all who believe in him from the guilt and stain of sin, life choices that hurt us and others, and the omission of things that God has called us to do in faithfulness and love. But true repentance also consists of a turning away from those things that are not pleasing to God. The woman was told, I don't condemn you. Go in your freedom and do not sin anymore. It sounds as though we have a choice. Remain in our guilt and shame or choose life by believing in God's great love for us and sending his son to bear our guilt. When we look to him in faith, we are washed clean. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let every one of us choose life and live. And that concludes the chapter, Emotional Healing After Abortion in Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. These stories reveal the many difficult situations that men and women find themselves in when facing an unplanned pregnancy. You can purchase the book on Amazon. You can also get it on our website, wordstoinspire.ca, under the product page. And I do pray that you would pass this book on, that you would purchase a copy for yourself and one for someone else so that these stories of the amazing grace, the healing, the forgiveness, the restoration that God provides, it's available to every one of us, no matter what our past, no matter what we have done, when we come in repentance and ask forgiveness, knowing that we need a savior, he will forgive us, he will heal our hearts, and he will give us life eternally. I pray that you have enjoyed today's podcast. 
please do pass along wordstoinspire.ca and all of the resources we have for you. And if you are one of those that is post-abortive, reach out for help. Reach out to the pregnancy center in your area. Reach out to someone that you can trust. And until we meet again on this podcast, I'm Ruth Coghill with Words to Inspire. Bye for now. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.